It's time for Making It Personal, a personalized SC podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Making It Personal podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Fersner, and today I am joined by two very special guests from the Office of Personalized Learning, my fellow coaches, Kristen Logan and Heather Bross. Ladies, welcome, welcome, welcome. For those who may not know who you are, could you give us a brief little hello and tell us a little bit about yourself? Let's start with you, Heather. Hey, Carrie. Thanks. Uh, Yeah, my name is Heather Ross, and I am one of the coaches with the Office of Personalized Learning. I um, have been very uh, lucky through my journey to be able to um, dive into personalized competency-based learning for several years. And and prior to that, I was a classroom teacher and practicing and, you know, in in the trenches with everybody trying to figure it all out. Hi, Carrie. Um, I am Kristen Logan. I am also one of the coaches in the Office of Personalized Learning. And um, I, too, um, have been fortunate enough to um, have had a chance to practice some of the personalized learning you know, strategies in the classroom as a classroom teacher and um, to supporting teachers as an instructional coach um, prior to coming into this position. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad to have you guys here. Let's go ahead and jump into the conversation. So the first thing that we know is glaringly here is that we're getting ready to start a brand new school year. So with that in mind, my first question for you all is, what are some ways that as the new year is getting ready to kick in, what are some ways that educators and leaders in education can be intentional about making impact the school year? I think right off the bat, I think about just like with students, um, you want to get to know your teachers, um, whether they've been with you for a long time or if they're if they're new to your building. And when I say get to know them, get to know where they are in their professional journey and think about ways to help them identify things that they want to grow in, either just on their own or in relation to their like school and district goals. And so like some specific pieces that I might like point people to is like thinking about like asking teachers to do some self-assessment and see if they'd be willing to share some of that, that, you know, some of their reflections um, with the school leadership or just talking about like what matters to them when it comes to the classroom um, and what they want to grow in. To add to Kristen's um, point too, I think um, developing a culture where you're building relationships and trusting relationships um, is extremely important always. This would be a really good time though, as you mentioned, Carrie, we can reimagine what school really looks like. We've learned a lot in the last year and a half. So really thinking about um, developing a process of how do we meet any of our learners where they are, adult or our students, our, you know, our kids in the classrooms. And so whatever that process is you come up with, you know, and working through the relationship development as well, maybe it's learner profiles for everybody. Maybe that's something that you, that you want to start with. And why not have your teachers also complete um, some learner profiles and share in that, that process as well. So you can really have those discussions about Um, How can we best meet the needs of all of our learners? The other point I would say to that, too, is to try and really stay focused on what your vision is. And so, you know, as a leader, there's so many different things that we can do and there's so many different directions we can go in. 
but really have those, again, conversations and building those relationships with your students, with your staff, with your community members, with your parents, and talk with them about what is their vision? What do they want school to really look like, sound like, and feel like? And once you've done that and you've had those conversations and take your time doing that, like it's okay to take a little bit of time to do that. It's part of that relationship building. It's part of that trust that you're building. And, and in a bigger piece, it's, it's developing a shared ownership so that you can figure out what those next steps really are. Awesome. Awesome. I love both of those responses. And the main things that kind of stand out to me and what you're saying is just how important culture is, how important process is, and how important a focus on those actual professional goals are. And that kind of segues us into my next question, which is um, when it comes to establishing professional goals for the year, where's the best place to start? Heather, you mentioned um, the fact that there's just so many different things one could focus on. Where's the best place to start for leaders and how? what's the best way for them to really get focused on what the vision, the goal is for the year? Yeah, I think it kind of lands in two, in two places in my mind, um, your people and your data. Again, going back to how well do we know our people and what they need, our learners, what do they need and how can we provide that support for them? And then also looking at the data that will inform that as well. So that may be, you know, LEAP data. It may be uh, include, you know, multiple data points like classroom visits or um, student and staff conferencing, quick check-ins, parking lots, um, different feedback loops even. You know, you've got so many different ways to collect the data um, and just really getting to know what, what your school really wants and what it really needs. And, you know, by looking at those things, then you can really start to figure out. So we might think really big, but we know, you know, our motto, think big, start small um, and act fast. But we do have to have some informed data to help us do that. And there's, you know, obviously multiple ways to do that, that I just mentioned. And, and then on top of that, just be very transparent um, in, in that process, very transparent in that you want the feedback, very transparent in, in what the feedback is after, after you've received it. I like that too, because it also models what we should be doing with students in our classrooms. Kristen, what are your thoughts? Heather, I like the way you talked about your two buckets of like people and data, and it kind of goes right hand in hand with what I was thinking as far as, um, you know, when you think about your people and your data, um, making sure, like you said, that those things um, are helping inform um, your school district and vision. So when I think about a good place to start, like you said, if you have not revisited that vision based on your people and your data, you need to definitely start there because that kind of guides everything else because we all know, like Heather said, most of us can only, you know, focus on maybe three things on our plate at a time um, very well. And if it's any more than that, then things start to kind of fall off. And so 
um, really just making sure that, that that vision is tight and clear and that everyone understands um, what we're, you know, what they're working towards. And then the other piece that I think of when I think about people and data is um, honestly the South Carolina teaching rubric, when I think about the 4.0 rubric, um, not for evaluation purposes, but for growth. Um, whether it's a reflection tool or, um, as Heather mentioned, like a conferencing tool where you sit down with the teachers and, and ask them to reflect on what the areas are in their in their professional journey that they want to grow in. And then maybe also, you know, maybe like helping them see how that connects to the vision of, of where the school is headed. So um, good places to start might be doing some self-assessment and reflection and conferencing, like Heather said, through the use of the um, 4.0 rubric um, tool. So let's talk about professional development or um, professional learning opportunities. We know that they are super essential for growth, like you just mentioned, during a school year. What's the best way for leaders to make PD personalized for teachers? Because we know that, you know, there are a lot of schools and districts who, you know, assume that everyone needs the exact same professional development but just like our students are all at different places, our adults are all at different places. So how can leaders make PD personalized for teachers? Well, I think, you know, um, something that Heather said earlier made me think of the fact that, you know, going back to the, the people, you need to really find out what it is that they need and whether that is through surveys or conversations, those things need to happen first in order to help figure out what it is that can be personalized for them. And I know uh, in our office, we talk a lot about mapping our staff. And I don't think that necessarily has to be done um, behind closed doors. It could be like a, a shared responsibility where everybody's thinking about, you know, if we have a particular school goal, like you said, Carrie, like it's not necessarily one size fits all, but we're all gearing towards some particular, um, hopefully uh, personalized competency-based, you know, vision for our school. Where am I in that journey and what are my next steps? And so the leaders asking for input from the teachers to find out what they need in order to then, you know, create some, some different personalized PD options for them. I mean, and what you mentioned, Kristen, you know, obviously follows right along with, um, with uh, what I'll add to that, um, because mapping the staff is such a great way to just step back and look. But also, I love the way you mentioned, get others involved in it. It doesn't have to be something that happens in an office somewhere set aside. But again, it's like gathering that feedback and gathering the data to see, well, where where does everyone fit um, you know, in this? And it's okay where you are now, Wherever you are, that's that's all right. Um, and I think setting up that culture to let people know it's okay to take risks and it's okay to be wherever you are, you know, and and having that again, that transparency of what the goal of the school or the district is is so important. And not only just being transparent about it, but like really taking the time to unpack it and see where every everything fits inside of that. Um, so the other thing I think about too, to add to what you were saying, Kristen, is, you know, Daniel Pink talks about the three motivators, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And, um, I just think about those three things. And if we really, as leaders are looking at those three things and know that that's what's going to motivate and empower our teachers, then 
professional um, learning opportunities being personalized is definitely, you know, a route that we really should be looking at. And I recently read um, a couple different articles that were really interesting. And especially following the pandemic, people are really starting and trying to figure out because they've noticed we need to be able to access our learning in so many different ways and not just our students, but our teachers as well. So personalizing it for them and making it purposeful for them um, and offering them a way to master their craft skill by skill, I think is really becoming um, or has become more apparent even in the last, you know, in, with the, given this last year and a half. The National Center on Education and Economy, they came up with this paper that I was reading and it was talking about wanting to to create that sense of transparency around professional learning. And so they offer three things. And um, we've really talked about a lot of them already. Having a professional learning curriculum, like Kristen mentioned, there are standards out there. We've got a rubric out there. And when we look at what uh, what that vision is and how we want to implement a, let's say, a learner-centered system, such as personalized competency-based learning, what are the skills and the strategies our teachers need? So to be really, really transparent with that and to offer that curriculum that it's out there, there. Um, the other thing they mentioned was having a way to manage that system. So just like stu- student learning, we want to manage um, and acknowledge and certify adult learning and celebrate it. So what kind of a system do we have out there for our teachers to be able to access the learning anytime, anywhere? And then how do we celebrate that for them as well? So that they do recognize their goals and that, you know, it gives that purpose and shows, um, again, goes back to autonomy and, and mastery. And then the third thing they mentioned was, and we hear this a lot, but what does that look like? What does all of that really look like? So offering models and examples and a process of maybe, you know, we like we offer inquiry labs. So maybe there's a model that they can use inside their own district and school. And we've had schools and districts do that a lot. Um, start to, you know, have teachers open up their classrooms or record themselves teaching and, and share those recordings. But how can we offer access you know, to meet all of our adult learners wherever they are and and give them those models and examples too. Thank you for giving those those big three points from that article. We'll probably have to link that article in the description of this podcast so that our listeners can check it out. But I, I think those are definitely crucial and key. And to piggyback off of the idea of like, what does this look like? Um, Kristen, do you have any Um, other examples from the field that you can share in terms of how schools or districts have gone about personalizing PD in our state? Yeah, we have a couple. I mean, there's probably several, but I'll mention a few of them. Um, One is um, where we've seen a middle school in Rock Hill um, do a professional development choice board. So they create a, a board and they have, you know, four to five buckets. And the example that I've seen, you know, just in this might've been, you know, like a year ago or, you know, but the idea is that, you know, they might have some sessions focused on learning environments. They might have one focused on equitable resources 
or um, preparing students for success or seeing, you know, whatever their focuses are, their big rocks that align to their vision, they have sessions um, that are available um, to their teachers. And the teachers have a certain time span, say a semester or a year, to go through and choose the sessions that they either are most interested in, that they feel like they need, you know, that they have the most growth um, to do. And, and again, it's it's their choice. The other thing that's really great that they, um, that, that particular middle school uh, provides is they also ask um, uh, the teachers if they would like to, to, to host some of those professional development sessions. And so not only are they attending and learning, but they're also leading and they, and they um, are able to, you know, build their, their community that way. Um, we've also seen where um, a high school um, in Batesburg-Leesville, they have, um, created opportunities for personalized PD around one central idea of, of needing to develop competency-based rubrics, but where the personalization comes in is thinking about their content and how they want to navigate and see what skills they want their students to choose on. So you can you can do it where you know the, the personalization is is around several different buckets with lots of different session options or you can you know do more of a narrow scope if you know if there's something in particular you want your school um, to move towards and, and have it personalized within that that smaller frame. We've also seen where um, even, you know, to the point where I know Heather mentioned inquiry labs is one of the things we offer, but we've also seen um, an elementary school in Rock Hill that uses a way where they take some of our different professional development sessions and instead of having a one size fits all and have their entire staff do one cohort or one offering, um, they recognize that the teachers are in different places. And so they, they said, well, we're going to offer this option that's more of an exploration option. We're going to offer this option to teachers that's more of like an implementation option. And then at the leadership level, we want to focus on the scaling and spreading. And so really, Rick, you know, using, as, as Heather said from the article, like curriculum that's already available, allowing teachers to pick and pull from um, those resources that are already available so that they can get exactly what they need. Awesome. Thank you for sharing those examples. It's always good to know that that kind of work is happening in our state. So that's awesome. And to kind of segue into some of what you dabbled into in your last statements, I would love for you all to kind of share with our audience some ways that our office, the Office of Personalized Learning, is modeling the model in terms of goal setting and personalized PD. Well, I think one of the um, first things as far as modeling the model is we know that every uh, adult learner who's an educator is in a different place. And so there's no real start and stop to your learning journey. And so one of the things that um, we have changed as a result of the pandemic, actually, because that was part of our growing experiences, um, is the fact that we now have self-paced modules that have no specific start or end date. Basically, when when the you know as an educator, you can um, sign up and enroll when you are ready. That's one piece. Um, another piece is the fact that we really want to empower educators to think about their own growth and not have it, but you know, not have us be in in an evaluator mode. More of uh, using uh, one point rubrics that we've developed that are aligned to our um, South Carolina um, personalized learning framework and helping educators see where they are in their journey when it comes to student ownership and learner profiles and learning pathways um, using competencies and, and flexible learning environments. And so asking them to look at their readiness and asking them to check to see if they have evidence of their of their learning, both what they might have done previously and what they want to do in the future. So those are just two things I would mention. Um, and I'll let Heather also chime in as well. 
No, I mean, I think that, um, you know, you think back to the last year and a half and Kristen and Carrie, I know you like can, I'm sure agree with me. There's been a lot of adjustments that, that we as an office have made in how um, we look at learning and how we look at, um, you know, um, really offering that reflection and collaboration time. So, you know, the, the first thing I think about is we did kind of go back and look at, well, what is our vision? What do we want out of this? And what do we want these professional learning opportunities to really look like um, for our state educators? And so we did look at um, kind of unpack our vision a little bit. And then also we looked at um, our framework and we've redesigned, um, you know, our framework to now include our competencies. So it'll come out soon, the South Carolina Framework for Personalized Competency-Based Learning. And this is really, you know, our way of better aligning um, to our vision of transferring education uh, to meet the needs of all of our learners every day. And then as Kristen spoke, you know, about the, the learning outcomes and the rubrics that have come out of that, that are aligned to that framework, we've got all these awesome, you know, self-paced courses for people to get into. And then we've got some more targeted support too, as you, you kind of mentioned as well, Kristen, we've got a regional coaching model that we're looking at where we've got you know, all of us coaches who live in certain regions or are near certain regions anyway, and we're there to support and have, um, you know, conversations around um, school teams and, and where they are, where you are now, what questions you might have, and, and to really support those steps to hopefully personalize um, uh, the professional learning experiences even more. Our face-to-face are going to look a little different too. And we've really taken a look at outlining a workshop model because we really felt as a team that collaboration is extremely vital for our teachers. And we we know that we need to have intentional time for our educators to get together, to network and collaborate and um, work on the goals that that they need to work on. And with that, you know, we'll have OPL coaches available. But not only that, um, experts in the field. We've got so many coaches and leaders and teachers out there doing amazing work in our schools. And so we hope to call on call on you and have you, um, you know, share share the ownership in this and and lead the work. So we really want to scale and spread this in a way where um, it meets the needs of all of our all of our kids. And to do that, we need to meet the needs of all of our, our educators. Thank you for sharing all of those awesome, awesome updates with everyone. And you guys can check the link out in the description box of this podcast episode. Any updates that we have coming at you regarding our professional learning opportunities that Kristen and Heather just shared will be there and will be updated regularly. So we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back.
Have you heard about the profile of the South Carolina graduate competencies? Are you trying to figure out where to start? Check out the South Carolina Department of Education's Office of Personalized Learning self-paced learning strands called the Community of Practice. The Community of Practice is a free interactive self-paced learning opportunity created to support educators as they learn how to integrate the profile of the South Carolina graduate competencies into student learning. This new learning opportunity has six strand topics to choose from, including student-led inquiry, explicit skill and strategy instruction, conferencing and feedback, self-regulated learning, expanded talk, and change leadership coming soon. Please visit personalizedsc.ed.sc.gov for more information. Hi, this is Heather Bross, one of the coaches from the Office of Personalized Learning. As all of our previous face-to-face -face cohorts have now shifted to self-paced Canvas courses, offering our teams and individuals more flexibility and personalized professional learning experiences, we invite you to enroll in the course that fits your readiness. The OPL has also reorganized the way we connect as coaches. Within this new model, each region in South Carolina has an Office of Personalized Learning coach living in or near who is able to support you from the exploration of personalized competency-based learning to strategic planning and implementation of a personalized competency-based learning system. For example, you or a team may complete a module in launch and you'd like to schedule a planning session or a check-in. Click on your regional map and schedule a time with your coach. Or maybe you and a team are goal setting for the fall and as a school or a district, you're working to implement the profile of the South Carolina graduate competencies. Just click on the map and schedule a time with your regional coach for support. Wherever you or your team are, whether you're exploring as a member of the Personalized SC community, you're enrolling in the Framework Foundation series to explore even further, or maybe you've enrolled in launch and you're implementing more learner-centered practices, or you're registering for our new community of practice sessions, building on the competencies. Wherever you are, your regional coach is here to support you and help build capacity every step of the way. We look forward to seeing you soon. All right, everyone, we are back with Kristen and Heather, just in time for our special segment that I like to call Making It or Breaking It. So, ladies, you know the drill. You're going to give me either a make, which is a highlight, something that you've seen personally in the world of personalizing learning for students, or you can give me a break, which would mean a concern, a barrier, or something that we should give up in order to give personalized competency-based learning a chance for students. So, which will it be, make or break? All right, Heather, it's on you. All right, I'm going to go with a make. Um, so uh, just recently I ran across this article and it was around Macedonia Middle, Middle School over here in Berkeley County and how they have implemented teacher learning profiles. And, you know, talk about modeling the model. 
Uh, you know, uh, you look at their template and it's shared on personalized SC community, a type of social media platform that we have that's for our South Carolina educators. And it's just exciting to see that they're trying, um, trying this out with their teachers and they're really going to use this to help, number one, build those trusting relationships and a culture of, you know, it's okay to take risks and wherever you are, that's where you are and that's okay. And also to use that as um, a data point to help them align uh, supports that, that their teachers need. So it, it's really exciting to see those things happening because then you start to hear, um, you know, the teachers recognizing that as a model that they can now use with their students. So, you know, it's just true to the, the model that we're trying to, uh, to spread out there. All right. Thank you for sharing that make. All right, Kristen, what about you? Make or break? Okay, I'm going to share a break. Okay. Um, and um, I think it's just uh, the, my break deals with a potential barrier that we sometimes hear um, when we interact with different educators. Um, and I think the break that I would like to share is just encouraging us to stop saying we can't in education and start thinking about what we can do in our sphere of control. Um, we know there are lots and lots of things that we cannot control because either it's, it's a larger community thing or it's a larger district and or you know, school, state level. But in our classrooms, there are lots of things that we can control and possibly in our schools as well. And so I would encourage us to be creative and think about what small things can I do with, within the constraints that I have and, and do something so that I can personalized learning for my students. And, you know, when you do come up against barriers, I would also encourage, you know, people to, you know, respectfully ask why not? Um, because if you don't ask, you won't ever, you won't ever know. And sometimes things have been done a certain way for a really long time. Um, but maybe asking, you know, the question, is that still what's best for students? And, and it might not change overnight, um, but it's, it's definitely worth, you know, things worth having a conversation around. And sometimes we think we can't do something, but we actually can. They're kind of imaginary barriers that we create for ourselves. And so, again, I think I just want to encourage us to push the boundaries a little bit and stop saying we can't and think about what we can do within our sphere of control. I love it. I love it. I love it. And on that note, the last question I want to ask you, ladies, is if there are any listeners who want to continue to engage with you or engage with our office, how might they best reach you? Oh, well, you can definitely email uh, hbross at ed.sc.gov. Um, also, check out uh, the Personalized SC Community um, page and you know, if you haven't had a chance to join that yet, um, there's a link on our website. Join that and, you know, you can uh, participate as much or as little, but you can reach out to any of us coaches that way. And the multitude of, you know, other educators that are uh, a part of the community, um, it's a great way to connect. And you can reach me at klogan at ed.sc.gov or on Twitter at keeps 727 well, thank you, ladies, again so much for being here with me. Um, we'll be right back to close things out. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode of Making It Personal. Connect with the Office of Personalized Learning by visiting our website, personalizedsc.ed.sc.gov.
If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share with a friend, and tune in for a new episode every month. We'll catch you next time on Making It Personal. See ya!